right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim LaFerds. I'm joined by Joe Wilson. So that means we got a hockey pod or episode incoming as we speak. Joe, how are you? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good, but I'm going to make you feel not as good. So uh, I, yeah. I told you what we were going to open with, but I decided I wasn't going to tell you the other part. So uh, I kind of forgot about yeah, you kind of forgot, but I don't. I didn't forget. So, how are you feeling after you took the Flyers last week over the Rangers and then they exploded for another, uh, you know, another W there? Um, I'm not going to lie. The pick felt really good at the time. And then, yeah, it happened again. I just did not see that coming for sure. <laughs> I don't think they, uh, I don't think they kind of shared your view there. Where um, you know, if it, if they were thinking about it, it made them tight. I don't think it made them very tight. Yeah. I don't think they were that mad about it at all to just <laughs> let it happen again. That's crazy. <laughs> you want to? Uh, yeah. I, I got a, I got a handful of text messages about that. By the way, before I oh, even clipped it, so. Listen, they listen to what you're saying, buddy. And they gave you credit. They're like, yeah, he's a smart guy. But that was just not a smart move. Yeah, I seemed a, I was a little too confident in that pick, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. But I just want to... Like, yeah, keep going, buddy. Yeah, issue your apology. like a good idea. <laughs> All right, well, either way, I'm just glad that we got, you know, maybe not an apology, but... He admits that he maybe, you know, made a mistake. So, yeah. before we start with the rest of our episode here, a couple of things I always tell you to do that we'll continue to tell you to do. Number one, follow Beak Brands, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. All right, we post all of our content there. We got MLB opening day tomorrow, or by the time you hear this, today. Uh, obviously, hockey's in full swing. Football free agency slash draft coverage, so you're going to want to follow Beak Brands. Number two, check out the website, beakbrands.com. Same kind of thing. We got the podcast there. We have written content there. It's a great time. Check out the website. Number three, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. All right, we got some good stuff incoming. And if you're just an audio-only person on Spotify or Apple, make sure you either follow and or subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, you know, give us a rate and review, you know, on Apple. Help us out. Share with your friends. That's a big part. We're going to need you to help us spread the gospel. All right? And we got some pretty good stuff. We're not always going to violate Joe on Instagram, but, like, last week we just had to do it because of the circumstances. So we'll also post some good things if you follow on Instagram as well. Um, so that's kind of what we got uh, for you know stuff we have to take care of. But for today, we're going to be mainly talking about uh, NHL trade deadline stuff. Uh, deadline is about 11-ish days away, maybe 10 by the time you listen to it. could be 9, I don't know when you're listening or watching. Uh, but we got some time. But it, it is always not, like, give a little primer for what we got going on. So, before we start with the trade stuff, Joe, uh, there was a pretty significant injury for the Florida Panthers. Um, 
Ekblad, Aaron Ekblad, got stretchered off the ice. Didn't look too fabo, if you ask me. Uh, he's going to be out for about 12 weeks. So, Joe, he's got 22 points on the season. Do you think that the Ekblad injury is going to do the Panthers in in the long run? Yeah, that's a really negative injury to have happen at this point of the season, especially um, coming up on playoff time because, you know, shortened season, we're past the halfway point. And uh, the Panthers have been doing really well this season, and it's a really huge loss for their team. Do you think he's their best player, or would you say that's uh, Barkov? Uh, no, that's Barkov for sure. But, like, even he's hurt right now, too. So, like, they're really going through it right now. But defensively, yeah, definitely the best player. And he's even, like, better than a good amount of their forwards, too, uh, offensively. Yeah, he's a big factor for them. He has 22 points on the year. Uh, he averages over 25 minutes of ice time a game. So he's out there for a significant portion of the game. Uh, that leaves them with Gustav Forsling, Mackenzie Wieger, Keith Yandel, Radko Gudis, and Anton Strollman uh, as their notable defensemen. So do you think this kind of forces them to make a trade for a defenseman? Or do you think they're okay with what they got and hope they can hold on until he comes back? I mean, I feel like they definitely will just hope and just wait for him to come back next season because I don't think they really had, like, a cup run going for them this season, but, like, they're definitely doing solid. So, like, if they wanted to get farther in the playoffs this season, they could make a trade, but it's going to be tough because he's just such a big part of their team, as you said, 25 minutes a night on the ice, and yeah. none of those defensemen that you just listed could, like, step up on the power play like he's been doing on the – all season long. Yeah, I mean, so they're currently tied for first uh, with Tampa in the Central Division. They do have one more game played, but still, I mean, they're a good team. I think they're currently, I want to say they're locked in, and we're going to talk about Nashville later because they've just been, like, scorching hot the past couple of weeks. But I think they're going to end up making a move. Even if it's not for, like, a top defenseman. If it's just someone to add a little depth in there. Yeah. Or like you said, maybe it could be, you know, a bottom six forward with some upside just to help replace some of that offense they're gonna be missing with him. You know, you're not gonna fix you're not gonna fix what he brings you in terms of ice time or in terms of, you know, what he does on the power play. But you could try to make a little patch here or there and hopefully you're still in it when he comes back. Yeah, for sure. That's kinda I agree with that. Bad injury for them. Bad timing. Uh, Definitely. So a couple other things before we, you know, play a little puck out of here. Patrick Marlowe um, is now second all-time in games played in NHL history. So where does he stand for you? I mean, we kind of had this discussion over text. You were like, for a guy with so many games played, he's not that high in points. But by the time he yeah, retires, realistically, he'll be like top 40. Yeah, but, like, come on. Most games, like, he's going to get, like, most games played this season, but, like, top 40 for, top, like, scoring, like, it's not that impressive, is it? No, but I don't think, so this is what, this is just, like, a philosophical thing, I guess, that I have going on for me. Not everyone is Wayne Gretzky, where they're putting up, like, insane points every night, you know what I mean? Like, for this guy to play that long, 
and be one of the top, you know, 40 most scoring NHL players of all time is still pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I guess I'm being a little harsh on him. I guess you're right. Because, like, when he was in his prime with San Jose, was he even the best player on their own team? Like, I thought Joe Thornton would be that guy. Yeah, no. I'm looking at his career stats, and, like, they're, like, solid, but it's not, like, really anything impressive. I'm seeing the highest point total is 86 and 0506. Like, it's not, like, it's good. It's, like, pretty solid for that year, but, like, it's not outstanding. Yeah, but I think he's allowed to be, like, an above-average player and not, like, amazing. You're yeah, out here like, yeah, this guy played mad games. He should be, like, blowing everybody away. I just wish, like, it's, like, just, like, seeing everything on social media is, like, hyping him up. Like, yeah, it's crazy, but, like, he's all right. <laughs> well, I think you got a bad taste in your mouth, too, because you're watching currently old, washed-up Patrick Marlowe. Like, he's got... Close to nothing no, yeah. left in the tank right now. Yeah, definitely, the last like four years, he's yeah, been tough to watch with him for sure. So he's actually um, been open to being traded to a contender. He's got six points. Of course. Do you think anyone would take him? I mean, not for his on ice ability. I wouldn't suggest a contender to do that at all. But for the locker room presence, I'm sure that's probably really huge for him. He's probably really good, like, coach for some of the young guys on, like, the good teams. So, I mean, if they wanted to do that, they absolutely could if they don't have a lot of veteran leadership. I'm going to say team. a young team could probably use him that's making a playoff push. Yeah. I think maybe Carolina could take him on, like, their bottom line. Yeah, just Possible. yeah, throwing him out there. Remember, they traded for uh, Justin Williams a couple of years ago, and they were making that push. And he was almost he was running on empty too, and he provided them with a little bit of a spark. Yeah, but then they made didn't they make him their captain? That was kind of eventually. Nuts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think Marlowe. No, no, he doesn't have that much left. Williams had a little bit more, but just throwing that out there. He's not a part of our uh, players we're going to discuss for trades, but it's just good to note. You know, a little thing going Definitely on for him. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing before we play, puck out of here. So Eric Stahl got moved to Montreal, like, of course, right after we recorded last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> they got a third and a fifth for him. So in my opinion, that pretty much means they gave Eric Stahl away. Um, <laughs> so do you think that solidifies Montreal as the four spot? I know you took them last week and you're – kind of playoff predictions they just yeah. played their first game finally again from that covid break yesterday which if you're listening on thursday would then be two days ago um do you think that locks them into that spot because i did see they have to play 25 games in 43 days which is not ideal yeah for sure because honestly looking at their like forward lineup right now it's not horrible like without him in it and with tyler to foley on the ir like it's still a pretty solid top six and even their third line's not too horrible so once he gets over there and like gets goes through all like the covid protocol nonsense i'm pretty sure yeah they're solidified for definitely making the playoffs in that division yeah i think the one thing that really helped them even besides the the stall trade obviously it's a big trade for them like we said before and and as in hockey especially like having that veteran leadership for the playoffs like it's a grind and it's it gets a lot more physical so i think having a guy like that is like really important to have 
Uh, but I think the thing that's most important for them, to be completely honest, is the fact that they haven't been playing any games, and they're still in fourth place because no one else in their division can win a game. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, incredible. They, they haven't played a game in, like, over 10 days, and they're still in fourth place. Because, like, the Jets in Toronto have just been playing really well of late. Like, I'm pretty sure Winnipeg's been, like, beating Calgary, like, really, like, just all the time. And Ottawa always beats Calgary, too. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I know that well. Thanks. So if you're looking at it right now, Montreal, 32 games played. So they have about five or four games in hand, depending on what team you're looking at. Uh, they are in fourth place. They have five games in hand on Calgary, and they have four more points. Same with Vancouver, actually. So, you know, just throwing it out there. I think Joe might have hit that one on the head, but Stahl really solidified it for him. No yeah. doubt about that. Could even sneak into the three spot if you really want to throw out some possibilities. Give me take overtake Edmonton. That division's pretty tight. Like there's yeah. only eight points that separate first from fourth place, so they're yeah. all kind of bunched up in there. So I don't think anything is to be determined there with the seating. But I don't know. Montreal made it made a good pick up there. Just For sure. something to note. Something to note. So all right, let's play the game puck out of here or i puck with it joe knows how to play if you're a loyal listener you know how to play if you're new i ask joe a question and he pretty much gives me an answer whether he pucks with it or he tells me to puck out of here last week three puck out of here's so i tried to step yeah. up the game a little bit see if we can get something uh that joe agrees with so we're gonna start off with nashville and we mentioned before that they really have been surging of late they're eight and two in their last ten and me and Joe had a conversation, I want to say, two and a half, three weeks ago, where I I was just so confused because I didn't understand why they were so bad. Like, they have good players on their team. Like, I'm just being straight up. Like, they were bad. They were in, like, seventh place. They were bad. Yeah. Um, and I didn't understand it. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Because when you look at their team on paper, they're just really good. I guess it just didn't come together for them or they got off to a slow start or whatever it was. But right now, they've surged all the way from second to last place to in a tie for fourth place in the division at the time of this recording, 39 points. So if, if I asked you a couple weeks ago, you probably would have said they're trading everyone. But as of right now, the question is, does Nashville hold on to all of the following players. Michael Granlund, Ryan Ellis, Matias Alcom, and Philip Forsberg. Do you think they keep all of them? Um, like, I kind of, like, oof. I'm going to say puck out of here for that. Because, like, I want to say that they would trade at least one of them just because, like, this surge is so late in the season and, like, I really feel like out of those, it would be Ekholm that would get traded just based on age and how he's a defenseman, how like teams that are like definitely wanting to go far, definitely going to look to add as they get closer to like the trade deadline. So I feel like out of all of them, he would be the one to get traded. But as you said, um, 
eight and two in their last ten. They're on a six game winning streak. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't trade anyone at this point. Yeah. But I, I I think that like the chances that like they keep everyone are like a lot slimmer than just like trading like one person out of them. So you're taking the you're just taking the odds percentages there is what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You think if they did fall out of it, or you know they had a they hit a you know a tough spot in the schedule, or they just decided they want to trade some guys, do you think they would trade Ekholm in division to Florida? Because normally in in regular alignment, they're not in the same conference. Nashville's in yeah. the West, and Florida's in the East. So just for this year, they're in the same division. Do you think they trade him, quote unquote, in division? That would be kind of fire for florida i'm not gonna lie yeah it would like honestly like on it wouldn't like hurt just because like this season is weird with these like divisions and stuff so like i wouldn't be surprised yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't doom them long term like you wouldn't be stuck facing this guy like 15 times a year or whatever yeah exactly so like that'd be smart for florida to try to do that yeah if they could pull it off now you got to convince Nashville to trade i actually don't think they trade any of these four guys because you know how sports are. It's more of a what have you done for me lately. And lately, yeah. they have been, like, scorching hot. Like, the games haven't even been close. They've just been killing everyone. I was surprised when Forsberg's name was still coming up. Like, I would only trade him if you ended up being, like, Detroit bad. And he, like, yeah. wasn't going to resign with you. And it's just like, we just seem to blow up the whole team. So I didn't think they were going to trade him to begin with. But the way they're playing, I can't see them trading these guys but like joe said they could trade one of them keep the other three which would make the question invalid for me anyway but i'm just throwing that out there just throwing that out there uh let's go to the second question here so obviously there are a couple teams that could use a goalie right capitals could be one of them avalanche could be one of them penguins could be one of them so here's another question with three teams here Caps, Avs, Penguins, all looking for a goalie. Do they do either of those three teams acquire an impact goalie? And if yes, who do you think their target is? I puck with that question a lot because I feel like especially Colorado and Pittsburgh both need better goaltending for like going on a cup run. I think honestly Washington, they're kind of set with okay. Samsonov and a Danisak, I'm pretty sure his last name is. He's having a solid rookie season, so I don't I don't think they really need to like worry about that. But for the Avalanche or Pittsburgh, maybe not as much Pittsburgh because it's like the same division thing. Uh the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltenders, either Jonas Corpusalo or Elvis Mert I don't even I'm not gonna pronounce his last <laughs> name. <laughs> but yeah, or their other goaltender. I could see either one of them being traded because over like the past few seasons, they just like both of them have been solid. It's just like just depends on which one's outplaying the other at the point in time. So I think one of those two or um, Anton Kudobin from the Dallas okay, Stars. Yeah. I think he's also another uh, person to look at. I'm glad you brought him up. So what makes it a little bit easier for these trades is that the Avalanche and Penguins, obviously, in different divisions. And the teams that might be sellers don't, for goalies anyway, don't play in the same division that they play in, uh, for the most part. So, I like how you brought up Kudobin. I 
he would be my number two guy, right? So the Stars may or may not trade him. Like, Ben Bishop's coming back. They had their rookie kind of break out this year. Uh, and he's protected from the expansion draft, which means they could lose Quidobin to the expansion. So I think that's what makes him a trade piece is that he's super mm-hmm. solid and obviously they don't want to lose him for nothing. Um, the reason I have Pittsburgh on here, though, is because Jari went down the other night. I don't know what his injury is still, um, but if they lost him, like I think they need, they need a goalie yeah. like right now. Yeah, this is kind of like trash. That's me, me. I don't think he's just the kind of guy you want kind of heading your goaltending going into the playoffs. Yeah, like he kills the Islanders, but like against like other teams, yeah, it's not like you see DeSmith in that's kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other guy though who'd be my number one choice is Darcy Kemper. Oh, I was I was thinking I was thinking that or uh, Devin Dubnik, but yeah. Devin Dubnik's having a whole season. Yes, he is. That's why I went with Kemper. So Kemper has <laughs> finished in the top seven of the Vesna voting the past like two or three seasons. He is currently injured, which is why if I was the Avalanche, I would do whatever it takes to get this guy on my team. All right, you have Grubauer. He's your number one goalie. He's been elite this year. Every statistical category, he's pretty much at the top or like second or third. He's top three in almost every category there is. You did pick up Johansson from Buffalo to be the backup. Listen, if you have a chance to get Darcy Kemper, because Grubauer has gotten hurt, the past two seasons, that's kind of buried them in the playoffs. If you could pick up Kemper to be your two to Grubauer, I think they, I don't know about hands down, but they have a top three goaltending duo immediately going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Maybe maybe top five. All right, so who uh, else would you three. rather take? I'm, I'm assuming you're still on the Flurry and Leonard train. Oh, 100%. Okay. Just pull up these other teams that have solid tendies. So, yeah, you got, the, <clears throat> you got the two of them. But the Avalanche are right there with Vegas. Like, we talked, yeah. we talked, was it last week? Yeah, we, we talked did. last week about how that was, like, the big difference between those two teams. If they pulled off a trade for Kemper, that would really close the gap on that, like, one yeah, major right. advantage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Top three. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Joe is like, yeah, let me just check these other ones. Uh, Ranta might also be available, who also plays for the Coyotes, but he is also injured. And his timeline's kind of up in the air on top of that, so, like, you might be traded for damaged goods. Kemper is week to week. They said he might be back in the next, like, 10 days. So, listen, that's pretty much when the trade deadline is. Yeah, and Ranta's kind of like, eh, too. Like, He's up like, and oh, down. He's up and down. He's up and down. You think Ryan Miller yeah. or Jonathan Bernier get traded? No, I I saw I think we're talking about the same list honestly, but um, no, I don't think they do. I think Ryan Miller's too old for anyone to want him. And then honestly, I like I never thought Bernie was like a solid goaltender to have on your team. In my opinion, I just like always thought he was just not good. I feel like goalie is one of those positions though, where if you get a guy in a year that he's hot. It might be time to acquire him if you're trying to make a cup run. Because, like, hot goaltenders in the playoffs are a different animal. Not saying that he's, like, that type of level guy, but he is playing well. Bernier's playing well? This year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, compared to his career, like, 
what he normally does, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's kind of like hot carbo. He's hot carbo. Joe just out here flaming everyone. He's still mad about the Flyers last week, apparently. He's holding the grudge against I everyone. Like, honestly, like that night, I don't think I've been more mad at like a regular season hockey game that like wasn't for the Islanders in a while. Just because I originally like don't even like the Flyers and like you lose nine nothing and then like you're not even mad about it. Like they're just like, all right, we'll let it happen again. <laughs> oh man. Ah, I know. Sure. Yeah, Joe's bringing it to this episode. Maybe I'll let it go by next week. Um, <laughs> all right, last question here. So it's a simple question to wrap it up. The Islanders make an impact move at the deadline, even if it's just for a rental. Um, I puck with it heavily because being biased, that's just like all I ever want to happen. Oh, yeah, trust ever. me, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, we talk about it a good amount, but... Yeah, I'd say I puck with it because, like, if Lou doesn't realize that we need, like, a score now after just getting dropped by Pittsburgh, like, back-to-back games, like, I don't know, like, what's going to let you know because we can't beat Pittsburgh or Washington this season, so. Correct. Trying to acquire someone to help out that top six. Ah, tough. So who do you think they go for? I know who you want, Uh, but who do you think they go for? (laughs) Who do they go for? I I'd say, like, Kyle Palmieri. I'd okay. say that's a really safe pick to say for someone that they, like, would go after. I mean, Lou acquired him for New Jersey back back in the day. So it's definitely possible again. Yeah, and he's got, he's got a little rep over there. I think if they were going to yeah. go after someone, it was a guy I texted you about yesterday. Uh, it's Nick Felino, and I'll tell you why. He has 13 oh. points on the year, expiring contract, 33 years old. The reason the Islanders would go after him is for one reason only. He is the most boring, solid, two-way player I have ever seen that does not currently play for the Islanders. He would fit in beautifully with the rest of our other, you know, nine forwards that all they do is back check and pass the puck to Barzell. He would fit in so well with them. Just play defense and pass the puck to our one guy who can actually play. Yeah, I I mean I don't mind that move. I just yeah, that's like he's boring. Like, I don't that's an Islander move. That's a one hundred percent poverty franchise Islander move right there. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, so who do you I, want? I know who you want, but tell the people who would you like if you could have anyone want, out there that's not like Jack Eichel, like a realistic candidate. Who would you want them to go I, get? I wanted Richard Raquel out of anyone just because he's from Anaheim and like he's like younger so he's and he's like really just I think he's really underrated I don't have his I think he has 22 22 points points. yep yeah that's solid seven goals 22 points that's pretty good and put him next to like Matt Barzell that's like it'd be insane I mean Kyle Palmieri also I would really enjoy to see him on the team um Taylor Hall like obviously his name's in the air with everything eh I don't know feel like he's like low-key at locker room cancer because every team he goes to just becomes bad in some way like arizona when he went there they, they weren't that bad and then he went there left and like now they're trash so sabers haven't won a game in like a month and a half trash yeah but they're a clown show to begin with <laughs> i don't put i don't put the sabers on him yeah no i don't either but i actually i actually brought this up uh 
with one of my other buddies. Shout out Alex West right here. Uh, so we were talking about the Taylor Hall things. I know me and you kind of brought it up off air, where every team he goes to, they just get bad, like, immediately the second he shows up there. Yeah. And pretty much what we concluded is that, like, when he played with McDavid that one year, he put up, like, really good numbers. Because I think everyone was just focused on McDavid, and he was able to, like, do his thing. And after every team that signs him thinks they're getting, like, that guy. But now that he has to play on the top line by himself, like, those explosive games that he has are, you know, fewer and far between because he's out there playing by... I mean, Eichel's hurt. He, has he done anything since Eichel has gotten hurt? I think this guy has two goals on the season. Yeah, that's fair. But didn't he have, like, a really good season on the Devils not playing with anyone? Like, didn't he win the... Like... Didn't he win something? Yeah, I, I like thought he, he had an incredible year with New Jersey. We could fact check that real quick. Sorry, people. This is the only part that stinks about doing the live discussion here. So, let's see. Taylor Hall. He won the heart. Yeah, he won the heart trophy. Yeah. In, uh, when was that? 26? Yeah, 2017-2018. All-Star yeah. game, heart trophy. 93 points. 54 assists, 39 goals. He was plus 14. Where did that guy go? But it's weird because if you look at his, like, that's a big outlier for him. Like, let me just tell you his points by season. 42, 53, 50, 80, 38, 65, 53, 93, 37, 52, and then he's got 18 this year. So that 93 for, like, most of his career is almost double like every other season except for like two yeah because he's also like he, he used to get hurt all the time too yeah he's that still... too well going but back yeah, to the question uh, yeah i hope the problems. i hope the islanders pick up raquel but i just don't think they'll do it yeah me neither that's a shame big shame but palmary palmary and felino i'd say are two of the more realistic ones for sure yeah i think palmary especially because lou knows him he's got that relationship with new jersey like that's a guy they could go after it's just does new jersey want to help us that's the question that'd be mean if they didn't for sure would be mean but i wouldn't blame them <laughs> uh all right so let's move on here obviously we'll have more trade talks and you know reactions as we get some more trades in the nhl we just wanted to give you a brief kind of primer for some moves that we thought could happen so now it's time to wet the beak all right this is the big part of the show we make some picks here now Joe didn't have the best week last week with the Flyers pick, as we've noted, but he did win his other game. So we are currently 11-9 and on the season as a collective whole. Um, mm. I won with the Caps, but of course, Tampa didn't beat Dallas for like the sixth consecutive time. I guess they were due to win one. So with that being said, these are going to be our picks for April 1st. How exciting. We're into the month of April. Now, it is MLB opening day, but don't worry. We still have the hockey stuff that you can watch at the same time. You know, I got the dual TVs. You got one here. You got one here. Hockey and baseball at the same time. Uh, so, Joe, why don't you take it first here? It's your turn to pick first. I picked first last week. What do you got? Um. So, for my first pick, I like the talking. We were talking about the Predators before. I like the Predators plus 108 against Dallas tomorrow. 
Dallas lost the last three, 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 and four in their last ten. Really just haven't picked it up for me. When I said that they would make the playoffs, it's not it's not looking too good on that either. But Nashville's won six in a row, eight and two in their last ten. I think when a team's hot, you gotta you just gotta keep thinking that they're gonna win. So I like that a lot for tomorrow. And they're on the plus side of the money line, which I'm actually surprised about. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a shame that your Dallas pick there isn't going to come through, but at least one of us will be right. Just throwing <laughs> yeah, that right. out there. That's all right. That's all right. No, it was it was a good pick. It was a good pick. Uh, my first game is going to be the Caps plus 108 against the Islanders. How the Capitals are on the plus side of the money line here, I have no idea. But uh, listen, this is my philosophy. You take the better team, and in my opinion, the Capitals are the better team when they're on the plus side of the money line every time. Washington, 8-2 in their past 10. They are 3-0 and against the Islanders. Um, Islanders have been on a bit of a downtick since Anders Lee has gotten injured. Like Joe said before, every time they play Pittsburgh or Washington, they cannot beat them. So I'm going to take the Capitals as my number one pick. Word. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, picking <laughs> against our team. Good job. Listen, yeah. I... Well, I, I yeah, I can't confidently pick against them because like they just win. I like sure I'll be happy they win, but then I'll just be like, ah, oh, should not have said that. Yeah. But um, for my second game, I like Pittsburgh plus one twelve against the Bruins with the Bruins having Posh knockout and Craig Smith out. So I like it a lot because they're plus one twelve, a lot of value for your money, and just because I don't see. Austin winning with those two main top six forwards out. Yeah, I mean, we kind of noted before that Boston's like a heavy team, like top-heavy team. So without him, that's a big chunk of their uh, of their offense right there. With yeah. my last pick, I'm going to pick the uh, troll Joe Wilson pick here. So we're going to go Rangers minus 210 <laughs> against the Sabres. Um Listen, I don't care about the stats. Buffalo is terrible. The Rangers are playing pretty well right now, which makes me very upset to say that, but I try to be unbiased, unlike Joe here. Um, do I think they'll beat them 9-0? to zero? I do not, but I do think they'll come out on top. And while we're here with Buffalo, real quick, just to throw this in there, it's currently 7 p.m. on the dot. They face off against the Flyers at 7.30 tonight which is Wednesday, March 31st. And if they lose the game, they will have set the NHL's all-time longest losing streak at 19 games. Ruh, ruh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ruh, ruh is right. <laughs> so, obviously, they'll be listening to this after the game is over. Do you think they win tonight? Nah, not have money on them, so I hope so. Yeah, there's no way they're winning tonight. There's no way. There's no way. They got to take it. They got to take home yeah. the crown. Because they're playing the Flyers, like, that's why I put money on They do have a chance. The Flyers are a good team to lay an egg. Obviously, Rangers fans know that pretty well. Um, For sure. If the Flyers yeah. – how embarrassed – all right, so hold on. What's more embarrassing, Buffalo setting the all-time losing streak record or Philly letting Buffalo beat them to avoid it? Um, no, it, it'd have to be, 
Nah, yeah, it'd have to be setting the all-time lose. Yeah, that's that's poor. So losing <laughs> what nine nothing, eight three, and then letting a team who's lost eighteen straight win their first game against you in the single season. That that's tough too. But yeah, definitely <laughs> setting the records. That that's the worst. Yeah, for me, it's also the record. But if I was a player on the Flyers and we lost to them after what's been going on lately, like with both teams. I would be, like, so far gone, like, so far past livid. Like, no. I that I could not let it happen. Yeah, Claude Giroux would be fuming. Oh, he'd kill someone. He'd literally kill someone. He would just find <laughs> yeah. some random person in the stands and be like, we're killing this person. It doesn't matter if he's on the team or not. Like, he'll just kill anyone. He's a super yeah, fiery I guy. I agree for sure. All right, so let's wrap it up here. What do you got for your game of the weekend? Remember, we try to turn our casuals into diehards and our random fans into casuals. So what's your what's your game here? Uh, my game of the weekend is going to be uh, Islanders versus Flyers on Saturday. I like this game. It's a huge in-division game for the Islanders who just lost two in a row to Pittsburgh. Might possibly lose tomorrow to the Capitals, so I think that they would – have to bounce back against the Flyers. Have to. So I think that's going to be a really good game to watch as the Flyers also need to at least try to keep winning games to maybe make a push for the four spot. So as an Islander fan, you really want the Flyers to win tonight. I mean, yeah, eh, but like it's also the Flyers. So like I think the Islanders have it. Well, you know, last week after the Flyers, no, two weeks ago when the Flyers got embarrassed the first time by the Rangers, the Islanders got to play them the next day and they lost. Yeah, but then we beat them 6-1 like a a couple days later. We did, but they got their anger out the first time. You're right, you're right. (laughs) By what you're saying, then yes, I would want Philly to win for the Islanders to win, but like yeah, it's just for me to win money. I want the Sabres to win. Okay, tonight, so. I got you. You're on, you're all on the Buffalo Sabres train there. Uh, my pick is going to be Blackhawks Predators. They are currently tied as of this recording for fourth place in their respective division, which would be the Central. Um, obviously, a lot of star power in this game. We kind of mentioned the guys the Predators have. Obviously, we know Blackhawks Patrick Kane. And friends, I mean, they do have some other guys, but he's like the main cog of their team there. Uh, and like me and Joe said right earlier, this is almost coming down to it. Looks like Dallas isn't going to have enough of a push unless they ha- like pull a Nashville and win eight to ten. So, yeah. listen, these games between the Blackhawks and the Predators are going to decide that final playoff spot most likely, uh, and I think that'll be a really good game to watch. Solid, I agree. Joe nods in agreement. Yeah, he's there with us. So that's going to wrap it us wrap it up for us. Remember, quick reminder, follow Beak Brands, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow Joe at JoeWilson24 with two E's. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand. Check out the website, BeakBrands.com. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Or if you're listening on audio only, subscribe and or follow to the Speak to the Beak podcast on Apple and Spotify. On YouTube, it's the Beak Branch channel where Speak to the Beak podcast is posted. All right, so that's what we got. Next week, we'll come out here with some, you know, 
extra trade talk for the NHL. Hopefully we get some more moves by then. Give you our reaction. Maybe some more opinion. We'll see what we got. But for right now, I think that's what we got for today, Joe. Anything else to add? No, I think that wraps it up. Solid I episode. think that wraps it up. For the people at home, Joe will be out of quarantine this weekend. So we'll be back to our yeah. normal setup. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> He's a trooper for doing the whole COVID podcast thing. We like him for that. But until next Appreciate week, it. we're out of here. Thank you.